Yeah. Um, I know this is where I get the hate mail is my, my wife always sacrificed in that regard in terms of allowing me to pursue career. And she mm-hmm. would take it on a on a chin and take the the brunt of the responsibilities and make sure the kids were good. And I had this real stupid thing I used to say that I used to believe in to a high degree. And like my logic was, somebody got to go to work, right? Mm. And it even mm. sounds dumb saying it now, mm. but that 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 was my immaturity <laughs> at that point was like. As long as a check is deposited, and that equated to whatever effort was being put. You are listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk the real behind the scenes of mommyhood and business through the eyes and experiences of other moms in business. First, we are moms, yes, but we are also women, bosses, and humans. Here we support moms on being confident, authentic, and most of all, unapologetic to who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our identity isn't tied to just being a mom because we are so much more. Welcome to the mommyhood. This episode is brought to you by Growing in Love Together, a military mother's 90-day guide to a greater connection with her daughter. Get your copy at www.growinginlovetogether.com and remove the U in guilt and G-I-L-T. Grow in love together. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where we talk mommyhood and business unapologetically. Embracing who you are is not just a mom, but as a human, because mommyhood is real. It's not all the giggles and cuddles that you see all over the internet. Sometimes that ish hits the fan, and sometimes we mean literally. And we have our breakdown, ugly cries too. So again, welcome to the mommyhood. All right, so today, for the first time inside of the mommyhood, we'll be getting the other side of the story. I think it's important to understand how to communicate with the dads and not leave room for interpretation or misunderstanding. And one way to do that is to talk to the dads and see what they're really thinking, understanding, and saying. So let's go ahead and introduce the panel. First up, we have life and leadership coach, host of Forfeit Fatherhood, where he covers the four pillars of fatherhood, faith, family, and finance, and fitness. So let's welcome Rod Richard. How you doing? Hello. Welcome to the mommyhood. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Next up, we have the host of the Dear Son podcast, where they discuss fatherhood for fathers, those with fathers and the fatherless, and they reinforce the values of fatherhood so that they can close the generational gaps. Let's welcome D. Johns. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Hey, hey, I made it. Mama, I made it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I'm excited to have you guys because honestly, I think communication is important. I find that so many things are misinterpreted and that's what causes those um, breakdowns, but also causes the arguments, right? Because us as women, we go, like we go hard. (laughs) And sometimes while we're going hard, we misinterpret what's coming back and we misinterpret what you're thinking, what you're saying and what you understand. And because we're going so hard, sometimes, you know, we have our our moments. (laughs) So 
I wanted to bring you all on so that, you know, we could discuss it a little bit. But usually I throw people right into the fire when we get on the podcast. Like I just go in and I go hard, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to start with a simple question today. (laughs) So the question that I want to ask is, I just want to find out how many kids you have. That's it. That's the simple question to start with. Okay. Uh, I'll go first then. I'll jump in there. I got, I have two. I have two daughters, uh, nine and seven. So I. Ooh, we got a girl dad in the building. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Here we go. D-Jog. So I, I have five or well, my wife has five as I like to joke. Um, well, we got five kids <laughs> today. They are 18, 16, 14, eight and seven. Three Ooh. girls, two boys. Okay. Yeah. And I I have two, both small, four and about to be two. So I'm still going through the blues of the tiny. <laughs> I don't miss that phase. You don't miss that phase. Yeah. I, I try not to miss it every day I wake up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> every day I wake up. So the the whole point of today is, you know, just to get you guys inside. So the next question that I'm going to ask, um, I'm still not throwing you into the fire because I don't want to bring you into the mommyhood and beat you up. I want to bring you into the mommyhood so the mommies understand, right? So my first question, and we'll start with Rod and then just go down. My first question is why fatherhood and why is it important to you? Because you both talk about fatherhood on your shows. Um, I think for me, um, and I've said this, I, I, I say this all the time. I, I think that fatherhood was my purpose or is my purpose. Um, prior to having my first daughter, I was, you know, kind of chasing my career um, and doing all these things I thought that I was supposed to do. Um, and then the day that I found out I was going to be a father, like all of that kind of stopped mattering to me, like almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I had a direction in my life um, and just kind of, through the process as she's grown, I've like, I've embracing being her father, I've embraced fatherhood in general um, and just seeing how important it is for the future, right? Like if we, I may not be able to change the world, but if I can infect a few fathers, maybe they have a kid that it changes the world someday. Um, so just trying to do my part as much as I can um, with fathers. I love that. And it makes so much sense. I feel like sometimes as fathers, as I've seen fathers, because I'm not a father, you know, but as I've seen fathers, they have changed. You know, they were just all work and work, work, work and just going. And, you know, they had the the thing that they're always going to be that way. Like nothing's going to change that until they had a child and they saw the other side of life that it's not all about work. So I understand that. It, it makes great sense. Okay, D. Johns. Yeah, I mean, for me, fatherhood is a gift uh, similar to, to, to what Rob was alluding to. I mean, it's it's the the most trusting gift that you can have as a man uh, in terms of God trusting you with people. <laughs> They're little humans that look up to you that rely on your decision-making, rely on how you evaluate and make, um, you know, make preparations for the future and how you love them, right? And early on, I was really good at the mechanics and I've said it before, and I didn't appreciate the relationship 
um, mm. with my children and with my dad, right? So dads are figuring it out on the fly, no matter how many generations of information you have, your mm -hmm. circumstances, your situation is still nuanced to your conditions. So there's a lot of figuring it out. And I didn't give my dad the credit or the respect at times that he deserved for trying to figure out and make sure that I was on a straight and narrow. So in conversation with him, the only way that I could kind of make right on that is to do right by my children. That's kind of the deal that we worked out. I love that. And when you're talking about things on the fly, I feel like all of life is like that. And as a parent, it's like that, especially your first child. And then sometimes your second and third, because everything is always different. No, it's like no child is the same. I'm like, why can't you be easy on me and give me what I already got so that I don't have to figure it out again? You know what I mean? It's like, you got to figure out each child and you've had to do that. You said five times, right? Yeah. I mean, each child is like an algorithm. I mean, you, you do your best to, to, to figure out how it moves and shakes day to day, but they all require special attention. Yeah. 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 And I like having the two under two, I mean, four having a four and a two year old is crazy because I feel like every day, like even throughout the day, like things are changing and I'm like, well, what are you guys doing to me? Like, like, each point of the day is something different. So I totally understand that. Um, one of the things that I really think about when I think about dads is I think about what you said on the fly, but I also think about how dads are like, I don't want to say nonchalant, but more so of the person who is like, just let things happen where the mom is more, okay, I'm going to direct what happens. You know what I mean? So what has been your experience on that side where you're just like, well, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to watch things as it happens. And then I'll interact versus being the one to direct. Or if you are the one to direct, let me know that too and why you chose to be the one to direct instead. Uh, I, I mean, I think I... And this is just my personality is I'm I'm pretty not nonchalant. I don't want to say that like, you know, but uh, but I'm pretty laid back. Like my my upbringing and my surroundings have kind of like I've, if, it, if, it, if it, it, it could always be worse is like my thought process on some things. Okay. Right. And so when my when my daughters are doing things like sometimes they just got to they got to go through it and try it their way sometimes. And then then you can come and coach them up and say maybe this is where you should do it or or not do it. Um, but sometimes that that lesson is better learned through them doing it. Right. So I'll let I'll, and my wife is always like, yo, why are you letting them do that? Like, <laughs> like look, she jumps off the bed this time and she hits her head. She's going to know one of two things. One, don't jump off the bed or two, land better. Like, but she's going to learn a lesson. <laughs> and so I'm like, sometimes sometimes you have to let them do it. And then sometimes, obviously, if it's if it's a danger, like a real dangerous situation, you got to step in and guide. But, but I'm I'm more of you know it could always be worse, so you know let them go ahead and try it out. Yeah. What about you, Dijon? Yeah, I'm a I'm a little different, man. I get I get annoyed by the simple things like my children not being aware of their surroundings annoys me to no end. Like if you, you're walking through the mall and you can't see what's in front of you because you're looking at your phone or you're just distracted in general, 
little stuff like that annoys me to no end. And my face lets them know. Um, my, my wife is way more tolerant of that stuff. But when it comes to the big things like, hey, I got in an accident or, hey, I'm having this situation. I have a, you know, my 18 and my 16 year old are, are a girl, well, a woman, young women. So now their interests are shifting. Like I'm better with those conversations because my wife will fly off. Like you're not dating until you're 80. Like I'm, I'm better with those conversations. But the, the right. like, like I said, the, the, the stuff that annoys me is like, why did you leave a cup in the sink? And I see it when I walk into my office in the morning. That the little petty stuff is what gets me. I get yeah, that. Yeah, I feel you. I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna say I definitely see that man. That awareness thing. Oh, oh, it be killing me, man. Every time yeah. I don't like, cause my oldest, my oldest does it more than my my youngest is is probably more like me. Um, but my oldest is like she's just head in the clouds all the time. I'm like, man, keep your head on a swivel. Like you just, uh, and then I was telling my wife the other day though, like that's actually a good thing because I felt like I had to have my head on the swivel because the environment I was in, like I always had to be aware of my surroundings. And I think we've put her in a position where she can just walk down the street and not worry about anything and like, you know, be completely right. oblivious of what's happening around her. And so like, it's a gift and a curse, you know? Yeah. Yeah, is that good. is that aloof? I, I was I was trying to figure out yeah. where I can use my big <laughs> aloof. word. Yeah, aloof, aloof is kind of yeah. like you just don't pay attention though. Like yeah. it's like you're not in the same space uh, as it, like mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I I like that you guys you have both different outlooks. Um, because for me in the house, so with me and my husband, like I'm the one who is just like kind of let them be kids, but I'm also the one let them be kids in moderation because these things shouldn't be happening because we need some order. I'm the order person. Like I need order, but he's more so mm -hmm. he's like, they're doing whatever they want to do. Like, and they're just doing things and they're being kids and they're just around. And then I come down and I'm like, what is this and what's happening? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why is this everywhere? Why are they, why do they have that? What's going on? It's like, they're just kids. Like, okay, cool. You know, so that order thing, I like, I need a little order because I feel like chaos when I come down and see everything everywhere. Like it just feels chaotic, even though it could be quiet in a moment, but it just feels chaotic. So um, that's, very cool that you guys have like two different approaches, but they're both relatable. Um, so as we're talking about the kids, I kind of want to move into the mommies now. You know what I mean? I'm going to move a little bit into the mommies. So um, one of the things with the communication, and I'm going to start um, with before kids, right? Because it's important to see how the relationship changed, right? And how communication may have changed. So before kids, before your kids were in the picture, um, how was your relationship and communication um, different from when one child, just one of the kids entered the picture? Because your first child is where it would change, you know, because they're the first. So anybody could take the question first. <laughs> I, I'll jump in. So I, we have a blended family. You would never know because we never make a big deal about it. We don't we don't do steps over here. My, my kids and my kids. So we we had an instant family of three 
I knew my wife before that, before she had uh, children and we dated before. But when we got serious to the point of, you know, proposal and acceptance and marriage, it was a ready-made family. Okay. I will say that communication was a lot. They didn't outnumber us. It's something about when they get to the point where, you know, it's, it's two on two, then it's three on two, then it's four on two and five on two. <laughs> that, that changes exponentially. But with one child, I think we still had an opportunity to breathe um, because uh, like finances were okay. My wife was in the military. I had a solid career job. Um, number two came along and started changing the dynamic because now we both have to take somebody to daycare or to, to the caregiver before work. So now it's starting to impact our days and how we can, you know, you're dropping the kid off and rushing to get to work and starting to feel some of that angst of life, right? Where you have responsibilities outside of work, outside of your home, and you're still trying to keep it all together. And luckily we had family around to kind of help us with that, uh, with that to, to allow us to still, you know, date and get away. And our, our communication dynamic really got impacted when we moved away as a family and really didn't have that um, that reliance on people down the street to come bail us out, right? Come come get the kids, come watch the kids. When we had to fend for ourselves, it is the best thing that happened to our family, but it was a real trying time to try to make that transition where we were self-sufficient. So communication struggled quite a bit. I can imagine having five in the communication um, because two in the communication is insane. So five in the communication, I can, I can imagine it, but I can't, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying, keep doing what you were doing and, and maybe you'll have three through five. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about it, but he kind of like, I don't know. Cause he kind of like threw his hands up through the Italian with two, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so Rod, what about you? Um, I think for me, I definitely became a better husband when the when we had our first daughter. Um, or I mean, even in the process of having our first daughter, like along the pregnancy, like I just because I had a little better focus on my own life. I became a better husband. So prior to it, like not that I was a bad guy, not that I was I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just was. I feel like I was immature. Um, I was still. So my wife and I were together for ten years before we got married. Um, then we got married, and two years later we had a kid, or a year later we had a kid. And so I was like, I was. I had been her boyfriend for so long, you know what I mean? And then we got married, and I was still kind of like we lived together, but like, I don't know. I didn't communicate well. Right. I would just say that I didn't, I didn't communicate well enough to, to be, um, the man I am now, I guess. And so looking back at it, the communication wasn't very good. And that, a lot of that is, is, you know, I have, I have my own issues with just communicating in general. Like I hold things in, I don't complain about anything. So I just internalize everything. And so something was going wrong it would just build up and then blow up you know what i mean um and then when we had our first kid i realized like that's not one i don't ever want to be in a situation where my child is like i was living with 
different parents at different times. So I need to be better in this relationship with my wife to make sure that that doesn't ever happen. And so, you know, again, it's, it's doing the work on myself and figuring out that, you know, I had these things that I didn't know I was holding back and like opening up so that I can have a better line of communication and just being honest, like, you know, whether, whether it feels good or not, just telling her how I feel, saying what's what. And then that, that made it easier too, just on our regular interactions, like taking care of stuff around the house. Like we just talk, like we, I like to say like, uh, we're, we're, I don't want to say Shaq and Kobe, um, but like, you know, a good, a good, like one, two punch, right? Like I can handle something. And if, when it gets to where I can't handle it then I can pass it off to her or vice versa, like we're constantly passing the ball back and forth. Um, but, but being efficient with it, because if one of us holds the ball too long, we're going to be in trouble. Um, and so that's something that I've kind of learned as we've gotten older, but definitely wasn't something I was doing before we had kids. So, so because it wasn't happening before you had kids, when you, when did it start to change after you had kids? Because you said you already had the problem with communication. So once you had the child, how did it change and when, like how long did it take? Um, I, I mean, it, it took some time, right? Because it's not like it's an overnight thing, but I think because I wanted to be so involved, I had to ask more questions, mm. right? I had to like, I had to learn more of, you know, what she was going through. So we had to talk more and like, not like the surface level, how was your day? And like, what happened at work? Like we had to really, really talk. Um, and like, I had to really understand what was going on, like with the baby and with, with the house and like mm. something she wasn't able to do. She ended up having to have a C-section. So she wasn't able to do anything for a while. Like I had to do everything to an extent. I don't want to sound like that. I know the mommies would get me if I say I had to do everything, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But I had to do more than I had been doing previously. Yeah. And that and, and like I, I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't talk to her about what was going on. And because I was talking to her about what was going on and I was able to be in her shoes a little bit, I got a better understanding of like what she was going through on a daily basis, you know, trying to handle things around the house as well as working a job and, and dealing with the baby. And you know what I mean? We kind of kind of had to do that all together. Um so I would say probably along the pregnancy and obviously it's not perfected. There's still times where I don't communicate the way I should, and maybe she doesn't communicate the way we should. And that's, that's going to be kind of an ongoing thing um, that we continue to work on and get better. But uh, there's definitely a drastic difference between, you know, pre baby and, and post baby for sure. I, um, I like what you said though. You said you had to do more. And so you kind of changed your tune because you you needed to figure out what to do. So you had to ask questions. And I feel like I went through something similar with my husband to where when he took off so that I could get a break and he had them more when I I kind of I took advantage of part part of that, too, even though I checked in on him because I was like, it's a lot to just start doing all the stuff when you weren't doing it, you know, all by yourself. So when he came when I came back and we switched back, it was like a better appreciation, asking more questions, more communication, because he was like, that's a lot, you know, because at first I really don't think um, the dads kind of realize how much stuff it is because you're not actively doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like you might be helping, but I feel like the mom actually never stops. Like it's 24 seven, like, and, and you can't turn it off. Like, 
if there are moms turning it off, they need to help me with that. Cause I know I can't turn it off. <laughs> like, it's like, it's just there. You know what I mean? I feel like it's like a different uh, mentality. Like you're made up different. You know what I mean? Like there, there are things that you just can't look past. Like I can be working and I can hear commotion going on and I want to stop to go see what's going on to see if I need to do something. But on the other hand, my husband, like he, it, he doesn't have that same thing because he's like, I am have work and I'm doing this. But in my mind, I'm like, I need to stop, you know, and I had to get past that because I wasn't getting as much done as I needed to because I would constantly be like, okay, let me see what's going on. <laughs> let me go see if what's happening, you know, being able to let go and say, okay, they'll be okay. You know, because even, because yeah. they're not by themselves, they're with my husband, but I just was like, let me go see what's happening. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I need to go check. You know, so do you all have some of those instances where you do that, where you have to check, like what, what your wife is constantly checking on what's going on or with D Johns, because you have like older kids where you might've had that in the past where, you know, your wife is like, okay, what's going on? Even though you, you got it, you, you holding it down, <laughs> but they need to come check. Yeah. Um, I know this is where I get the hate mail is my, my wife always sacrifice in that regard in terms of allowing me to pursue career. And she mm -hmm. would take it on a, on a chin and take the, the brunt of the responsibilities and make sure that kids were good. And I had this real stupid thing I used to say that I used to believe in to a high degree. And like my logic was somebody got to go to work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, it even sounds mm. dumb saying it now, mm. but that, that that was my immaturity <laughs> at that point was like, as long as a check is deposited and that equated to whatever effort was being put. And of course that's like, that's, that's way left field and off base and whatever other analogy you want to attach to it. Mm. But I, I was like, I, and I've said it before, I was good at the mechanics of fatherhood and husbandry or whatever that's called being a husband. Um, I, di I did things that look right, but I wasn't always connected. So I didn't understand when she was going through things mm. at certain times, I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't ask those below the surface questions like Rob was talking about. And I was, um, we got married, I was 25. My wife was 24 or 20, yeah, she was 24. So we were relatively young and um communication wasn't my strong suit it's, it's been a challenge for the men in my family for as far back as i can trace uh so i just i just focused on doing things that look right and then trying to pursue success outside of the house because i was relatively good at that yeah um i'm, mm. I'm not gonna comment yet because i got a question Pertaining to that in a second, I ain't gonna comment on just yet. Okay, what about what about you, Rod? Um, so I was gonna say I think there's levels to it, right? Like I don't think as a father you ever get to turn that off, right? But our our, our sensitivity to it is is maybe not as as heightened as as a mother. Like my wife will still check in, and I'll be like, dude, come on, I got this. Like you, <laughs> like I've been doing this. You know what I mean? Cause we, so, so we worked opposite schedules until like the middle of, for almost 10 years, we worked opposite schedules. I worked 
in the evening, she worked in the day. So like I had the kids all day, whatever they had to do, I had it. And then, you know, we, we were like passed each other and then pass off the kids. She come in, what happened today? We share notes, right? And then, uh, and then I go to work all night. And then, so we did that for like 10 years. So like now that I'm home more often, like I'm, I'm here all the time and I'm with them. She, she'll call and be like, Hey, what are you guys up to? And I'm like, <laughs> the same stuff like the girls are doing their homework like they're about you know the, the normal stuff like you don't have to check in on us we got this um and or like for example and this is probably happens to everybody if they can just get quiet like they're they're playing and you can hear them playing and all of a sudden they get quiet she she'll pop up right away and go check on her and i'm like <laughs> look if something happened one of them is gonna be crying like quiet ain't what i'm worried about like somebody hurt they're gonna be crying like so if i hear crying then i'm gonna go check on it but quiet they probably just you know maybe they're reading what if they're reading oh, like, you know? oh they got you they got you <laughs> quiet is equally as disturbing <laughs> kids don't just get quiet so i don't know we have like, been i lucky. gotta check we too when they quiet i need to go to, i need to hear some sound <laughs> so if i don't hear yeah, sound yeah. that's suspect i need to go see what's going on so <laughs> all right yeah. so you know we you know what's funny though part. That's that's true for like the first two or three kids. By the time four <laughs> and five come along, you're waiting for the for the ambulance to show up because one of them called it yeah. because it, it was that. Bad. <laughs> I mean, it's figure life out, you know. It's yeah, five of you. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna quick, take a quick pause, really quickly. All right, so we're gonna take a quick. Hey, so I'm interrupting this video to tell you about this really amazing community where moms are supporting moms in a really genuine way to be a support system in not only your, only your life, but in both your home and in your business. What's better than being with a group of like-minded women who really care about you and your success? We're talking personal development, business development, co-working, networking, and just support where we meet you where you are. We get and we got you. Check out the Thrive After Nine tribe at www.thriveafternine.com. Now, back to the episode. We have another father entering the fatherhood, and he is an author, educator, writer, and the host of the Fatherhood Show, where he focuses on shining the light on the journey of fatherhood for Black fathers. So please, Let's welcome Tyrone Void Jr. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So now you are inside of the mommyhood. You you missed a little bit of the fire, but it's more coming. So no, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I listen. I was I was listening. No, I was definitely listening. I was definitely listening. <laughs> yeah. So now that everyone is in, I'm coming back to a couple of questions because this is on my heart. And I see that you two, hold on, let me, let me do something real quick. Cause I'm going to feel some kind of way. Let me take that down. It's okay. Here we go. There we go. Now. So I want to just go to D John's real quick. <laughs> I told you I was going to come back. Let's do to it. No, Let's hear no, for it. real. Heard it all before. Um, one of the things that um, me and a lot of the moms discuss on the show a lot is, um, well, we'll come to that in a second. First, I want to address what you said when you said um, that most men are like, I'm working, I'm going to work, like I'm making sure there's a check. 
But then not really thinking about like, what do you think the mom is doing? Like we're like working and it never stops. Like we got a 24 hour job. You know what I'm saying? So part yeah. of that in the question of this question that I feel like people should not ask. And when they do, like I get really hot and I, I compose myself really well. They don't know. But I really do just want to swing something because I'm like, what do you mean by this question? So the question is, what did you do all day? Mm. What well, did never you do asked all that. day? I'm not, I'm silly. I'm not dumb. <laughs> no, I, I, I never, I, I never asked that one. You and, <laughs> DJ said he's never said that. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't somehow what I brought to the table from a, 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 my career and being able to earn was worth way more than it, than it really was. These are not the things that mattered. Mm. I didn't understand that early on. So now I was, I was never silly enough to ask, what have you done all day? Even if that was a thought, <laughs> no, my, my, my wife is uh, black and from one of the well-known hoods in, in my area. So that, that just didn't fly. <laughs> That is hilarious. He was like, nah. What what about you, Rod? Yeah, I definitely never never asked that question. Um <laughs> because well I, my reason for never asking is because like I said, we split and so my wife works and I work. So I had the kids all day, had the kids all night. And so I knew what it was like to like have to mm. be on with the kids all day and then have to leave and go like work a real like work. Like and you know what I mean? Um, so for me to, to be like, Hey, what did y'all do all night while I was gone? It would be, uh, would be a death sentence. Let's just say that. Um, so I just, yeah, no, it's just, it's just never, it never, you know what I, I would say like, like D John just said, I might've thought it and not, not in a work situation. Like one of the, one of the days where like, cause she works in the school district, so they get days off. Right. I might've thought it like, yo, y'all been at home chilling all day while I was out there working. Ain't nobody want to pick up nothing, or... but I wouldn't be a fool and say it. Yeah. He said he thought it, but he wouldn't say it. What about you, Tyrone? Like, have you ever experienced? No. Y'all been asked that question <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I've never asked it myself. I, I know better than that. Uh, <laughs> so we got okay okay we got three on this like look i already know i'm not gonna go with that question <laughs> i'm not gonna ask it so that's good to know because i feel like a lot of moms get asked that question i see it in the forums a lot i see it um on in my different groups i see that like they're like what do we do all day and i'm like let them let somebody ask me that question like because you do a lot and it's not, and it's weird because you think like, oh, you just have the kids and you have to manage the kids, but it's way more than managing the kids. You're like managing. Um, but even so everything. managing the kid, not to cut you off, but managing the kid is a lot in and of itself. I mean, oh, yeah. specifically my son is a toddler. So he spends the whole day trying to see if he can hurt himself or not. Um, <laughs> and so that, <laughs> <laughs> that oh, no, in and of itself is, you know, he's full, full boy. I mean, he, he thinks he's Spider-Man. Uh, he, he thinks he grows muscles overnight. And so he has zero fear. And yeah. just the, the emotional overload of like, why would you backflip off the back of the chair like that? And making sure that stuff doesn't happen 
every second of every day is tiring in and of itself. Then you got to feed them and this and that. And we spent eight months together at the beginning of the pandemic every day. And there were some days, some days he won, you know, you just, <laughs> you, hey, whatever, dude. Just if, if, you, if, you, if you're alive when your mom comes home, then I'll win, you know. That's the, that's the best I could do. <laughs> that's funny. So um, I want to get two perspectives. So, Rai, you said, what perspective can you give um, to the moms and the fathers out there that um, are struggling a little bit? Because you said that you've done it. You did the whole, um, you had the kids during the day, your wife had them at night. So it was it's kind of opposite from what um, kind of happens out here. So the norm, you know what I mean? So what can you offer um, in relation to that? Um, I think, I think you got to give a little grace. Like if you, if you aren't, if you aren't experiencing both sides of it, like if you're, you're maybe just working and then not having to deal with the kids all day. Um, I would say like, you got to try it, like switch it off. Like if you're not sure, if you're not sure what she did all day, like if you're thinking, oh man, what you do all day while I was out working, just take a day off and, and stay with the kids and let her go away for eight hours and see what happens happens like give yourself a real feel of it because it is it is a full the kids are a full-time gig especially when they're young like right now I can probably send my daughters off for like an hour to do something and, and things are okay where I can get an hour to, or two maybe even to do some things to myself before they come I'm like knocking on the door or like dad what's up but when they're toddlers like they they require your undivided attention and like, like Tarone said, like flipping off the, the back of the chair, like, you know what I mean? Like these little things that you aren't anticipating happening are happening all day. So it, it not only is it mentally taxing, but it's physically taxing too, because you're running behind them all day, trying to make sure that they're safe or that they're fed or that they get their nap or that they, you know, you're doing enriching things for them, getting them outside or like all these different things that kind of go into it. So like a little bit of grace, a little bit of empathy, um, you know, it, it is a job raising, raising children is a job. Oh, I love that you said that with the empathy and grace, because I feel like when you're not in the thick of it and you haven't experienced it, you don't know. And so when you ask that question, it really can set off like some fireworks because you haven't taken the opportunity to fill out the situation yourself. Like you haven't put yourself in those shoes. So um, another right. thing that Tyrone just brought up and I think um, is important, and I was going to talk about this, but he brought it into the conversation. So let's talk about it a little bit. The pandemic, right? Where everybody's home together and <laughs> how relationships um, could have heightened and things got better because you have more time to spend and understand each other. And then some relationships with the opposite way of where you were around each other too much and you still got to know too much that you didn't want to experience because some people found out they didn't really like each other during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> no, for, for real. Like people found out they didn't like each other because they spent more time around each other and they found out like, oh, nah, I don't know what I was thinking. So um, your, your thoughts on the communication and the, um, the relationship during um, the pandemic when you had to spend months together? Uh, for me, I, I'll, I'll start off. My wife works in the medical field, so she never 
got off. Um, mm. But what it did was it created a, because at that point you're seeing the worst of the worst, right? So she's a physical therapist, but they moved her into the hospital because of the shortage um, of people here in Houston um, and, and, you know, nationwide, but uh, she worked for a hospital system and they moved her to a different area. So, you know, you, you get, you're privy to all the numbers and you're privy to all the, the, the ambulances consistently and the nurses putting in 14, 15 hour days and all of this stuff. And so it became um, something where we had to make sure, cause I'm in education. And so we didn't know what we were doing. So we were just at the house, you know, we, we didn't even at the, at the beginning, we didn't even have kids on zoom for real. Um, it was just, we were just trying to figure it out. Uh, so I had a lot of time at home and she still had to get up and go to work. And I had to make sure that, um, me being in a position that I was in and making sure that, uh, I wasn't being, um, insensitive to what she had to endure day to day. Right. Mm. And her bringing that home, maybe I had to be, uh, like Rod said, I had to give some grace understanding that it is traumatic and it is stressful being in that arena every day, all day, hearing the numbers, they having meetings about this happening, that happening, seeing people in emergency rooms, seeing vans pull up full of bodies and things of that nature. Um, and then, so when she came home, uh, it took a little while, if I'm being honest, for me to, you know, I'm, I'm naturally a person that just searches for solutions. I don't really stress about things I don't have control over. But if she's feeling those type of feelings, it's up to me as number one, her husband, but also as the father and a, you know, a force in the house to be cognizant of that and to not try to downplay that and say, don't worry about it, it's going to be okay. But instead hear those concerns and, and understand if she needs a day to just relax and get her mind, okay, then I have to rewind it. If she, if she wants me to, you know, wash my hands a thousand times and wipe down the groceries, even though I'm thinking, why am I wiping down cereal boxes? Whatever. But, I got, <laughs> you know, you, you have to do it because it's a small, you know, if, if it makes her feel better and it makes her function at a higher level, then um, that's something that you just have to do. So ultimately, it's just choosing which battles you want to fight. Um, do you want to fight your ego to try to prove a point or do you want to just have peace on the, in the long run? And I, I believe that with uh, especially with my son being so young at the time, he was two when it started. Um, I took on the role of doing the things that traditionally people would say that mothers would do. So when it came to a lot of the potty training during the day, that was me, you know, and then when it came to, you know, changing diapers and this and that, I jumped in head first to where when the pandemic hit, it wasn't like a shock to my system. It was just, I just kind of took on the role while she went to work because she couldn't control the hours she had to work and I couldn't control being off, you know, so um, that partnership was something that we kind of leaned into and it wasn't easy. Um, but it's something that we kind of uh, took too naturally. We didn't really have just a, a real conversation about it. It's just something that we just kind of took too naturally because I kind of jumped in two hands um, early in, in his birth. You know, from the beginning, my wife had a C-section and me being a man, I'm ignorant to a C-section. I'm like, oh, you know, you have a little incision and the baby comes out and you're fine. Not thinking that it's like a, a major surgery. You know what I'm saying? And so it was eye opening when, you know, she struggled to get out of the bed and things of that nature. And you just got to you got to do what you got to do. I mean, that's that's your kid. That's your wife. And that just kind of transitioned um, into the pandemic. Whenever things out of our control, we just kind of lean into that partnership that we had already formed.
I love that. And you're like, whatever I got to do, I'm going to do. And the fact that you guys had to still figure it out because you were home and she was gone and then she had those experiences coming back into the house. So being able to allow her to, you know, stay mentally fit by taking that time, that's that's important. And I'm glad you realized that because a lot of times people don't actually realize it and they don't recognize that they need that partnership. So that's pretty cool that you did and that you just now expressed to everybody else how important that is. So, you know, I'm giving yeah. you some kudos to that because I, I promise you that has happened with so many um, moms and they didn't have that support. So that's that's great. Um, who like I'll be I'll be honest, though. I'll jump in and be honest. I, I learned first by bumping my head on that because, you know, I'm in Houston. So Hurricane Harvey was happening when she was pregnant. And she's having all the safeguards and this and that. And I'm like, man, come on. Like, nothing's happening. Can we watch basketball? I don't want to watch the news all night. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just being a jerk about it, for real. And then uh, she's, you know, teary-eyed and worried about what's going on. And I'm just like, nothing's going to happen. We're fine. And it turns out being, you know, a 100-year flood. And all the – by the end of the night, I'm looking out the window like uh, – this is getting kind of close to the house. You know what I'm saying? And then I could just took that experience and made sure I didn't make that mistake again. Cause that was kind of hard to bounce back from. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to lie that just being that insensitive of her paranoia at the time, her hormones being out of whack because she was pregnant and me just being, you know, a dude. Like, yeah, wait, 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 I'm going to have to jump in right there. When you said her paranoia, obviously it wasn't paranoia. Yeah. It wasn't. It was, That's what I'm it saying. Was it was perceived. It was perceived paranoia. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. I, I'll wear that. Because it was. you said her was, paranoia. That wasn't paranoia because it actually happened. So it was called. It was righteous concern for sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's throw it over to Rod. You look like you got something to say. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic was interesting for me because um, I, I I think I talked. I think I told D. Johns this. I quit my job during the pandemic. Um, so my wife is in, in, in education. Well, not in education, but she works in the school district. Um, so she was off. Obviously my kids are, are home. Um, and I, I ran a couple of gyms. So gyms are shut down and were shut down for months and I'm really intentional or I was really intentional about the time I spent with my kids and my family, but I didn't realize until everything stopped, how much time I really wasn't spending at home. Like I was mm. at work. 12 hours a day, easy. Um, and so then all of a sudden now I'm at home every day and I'm like, man, I haven't, I haven't seen my house in the daytime. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I haven't had dinner with my family in several years during the week. Like, they, you know what I mean? They don't even, they, they're, I'm sitting down at the dinner table and my youngest daughter was like, do you have to go to work? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here. I get to eat dinner with you. Like, it was like a weird thing. And so for me, it was like a sobering moment. Like mm. I had to, I had to get back to what, like I said at the beginning, what my purpose was. Um, and so I left my job or I, you know, I told him that I was going to be leaving once everything got back going, I would set him up or whatever. Right. But I think the pandemic for me, it, it reconnected these feelings that I had had about my family and about my wife that I wasn't able to like use because I was at work all day right and i finally you gotta be like yo uh what time is it uh, i gotta go back to work or i got a training session i gotta make it to 
or, you know, running back and forth, doing just like the daily thing. Like we got to sit down and just really enjoy each other. Um, so for me, the pandemic was was I hate to say this. And I, when I, I'm always really cautious when I say it, I think it was a, it, for us. It was a good thing uh, for my family. It was a good thing because we were able to get back to being a family the way we wanted to be or the way I wanted us to be. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for it. You know, I think sometimes you got to sit down, right? You got to be, you got to sit down to see what's actually happening. You have to stop to see what's going on around you. And I hadn't had that opportunity. Like I said, I, I got caught up again, chasing a career and building a business and, and creating a brand and like doing all these things that were, that were good, but they didn't, you know, they didn't fulfill my purpose. And so, the pandemic was dope for me. Unfortunately, you know, I did get I did get the virus and we got sick and but we made it out. It was it was rough for a minute, but we made it out. But uh, other than that, man, it was a really good experience for us. Yeah. Wow. And I like that you said that you got to stop and sit down and to be able to see, you know what I mean? And to be able to understand what's going on around you. And I feel like the pandemic did that for a lot of people, like either it was really good or it was really bad where you were able to like evaluate things because now you're in the house or you're not doing something that you were doing before. And you with the gyms, how gyms had to shut down too. Um, and eventually they opened back, you know, up slowly, but just coming home. And then your realization where your daughter is like, what you doing here? <laughs> like, you like, you're exactly. here. You know what I'm saying? And you know, kids, especially small kids, they don't have no filter. So that probably made you feel some type of way when she like, what you sitting at your own table for? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, she, she she stuck the knife in and turned it on me. I was like, oh, that, that made me real uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, B. Johns, what about your experience? Yes, a very similar story to Rob. And I, I, was, I was traveling a, around a lot for work. I work for a government contract and the work is international. So we lived overseas for a few years and I was traveling. And then when we moved back to the U.S., I continued traveling because my role increased, it expanded, and I had more to prove and more to achieve in a corporate setting. So I thought what I, I realized during the pandemic and you and you framed it perfectly, and, I, and I've said it before, I, I, I like my wife. The love was never gone, but I, I like my wife. I like all five of my kids at the same time, most days. But it was it was that pause that really put things into perspective because I realized, I had to be honest with myself, that the work trips, while I didn't like living out of a suitcase, they were convenient mm -hmm. because there was always a work trip right around the corner. So if we had some static in the house, I just had to get to the work trip. Mm. I can go away long mm. enough to where I could forget or it didn't bother me as much. Come back home. We never solved it. We just stopped talking about it because I wasn't as bothered. Mm. And then it built up again mm. and then there'd be another trip and another trip. And for me, the rationalization was, but look what I'm doing. I'm excelling. Mm. I'm getting this mm. position and that position. And it means nothing. And now I had been home so long that when I finally went back to my office to clean it out, I had to use the GPS because it had been almost two years since I had been there. And I realized I didn't, I didn't need it. Everything that I needed is in my house. And it kind of shifted my, my mindset with, uh, you know, me reconnecting with my family and even in business, 
any move I make has to revolve around my family in some way, shape, or form. Mm, I like that. I really like it because I found that that's one of the things that people don't think about when they're in business. Like with work, you kind of don't control it as much because you're working for somebody else. But with business, you can mesh the two. And I feel like there's some people out there that are doing really well and living really happily because they've learned to fuse the two together versus um, here's the business, here's home. And it's either or, you know what I mean? It's not together, Mm -hmm. but being able to fuse it and um, realizing that you liked the people in your house versus when you were running away from the static, you know? So that's pretty cool because I feel like sometimes when you can't get away, you have to face it. You know what I mean? Like you have to face it and then you get, you get a better understanding and you're able to now get through those things versus when you were leaving instead, you know what I mean? You were actually like leaving. So when you came back, you didn't have that same understanding as if you would have stayed and worked through it. Um, the next thing that I think, you know, we should go ahead and move into before I move into a little fire, a little bit, just a little burn. But um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the things that um, I wanted to discuss and get your perspective on is about um, the moms having more than just holidays and birthdays. And so I want to start with D. Johns on this because you said that you have your uninterrupted date night. Like you don't schedule nothing else there that that's date night, right? So I wanted to know when did that begin for you and how did it come about? Because I really feel like moms get relief. Like, oh, it's your birthday. So I'm going to take some time off and give you some relief or oh, it's this holiday. I'm going to take some time off and give you some relief when y'all should be having some time throughout the rest of life and not just on holidays and birthdays. Yeah, so honestly, we just got really intentional recently and it was another pandemic. Um, I call it collateral benefit, right? It was a good thing that we'll take away from the pandemic because I I had the virus too. I don't (laughs) wish it on anybody. But it went from one extreme to the other where we weren't spending time till we were around each other every day. And we started to take that for granted. Like it counted because Mm -hmm. we were in the house together, but we weren't intentional about creating the time and the space where it doesn't look like normal house duties or the regular schedule, um, you know, the rhythm of the house. So, you know, on Fridays, that's this conversation that we had, I'm not scheduling anything Friday night. So whether we're, we're dating, sitting on the bed, watching the movie, or we're out and about in the city, you know, uh, trying to explore things. I'm not doing anything else. If she decides that she doesn't want to do anything on that day, then we'll just not do anything together, but we're not doing anything else. But that was really, I mean, I can't front like that's been since day one. <laughs> that's been our, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's the last several months. Uh, No, but it's good that it's happening, you know? So that's why I said, like, how did it come about? And you said it was not another benefit of, I don't say benefit, but another benefit of the pandemic, you know, and then getting really intentional with it. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool that you guys have the dedicated time and that's the time and nothing else goes there. So I respect that. 
So when you said that, I was like, good, cool. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. you know, yeah, that's it was a result said. of a conversation because we had to be real with ourselves. Like I said, like just being in the house together doesn't count. Right. We got to mm. be intentional about it. And we we have a podcast that we do that typically results in a tough conversation on camera that we've never had before. So we have these appointed times where we come together and we talk about these things and some of them don't get released. Like, like, well, that episode was for us. We we got to figure that wasn't for the public. That was for us to figure things out. But it was, a, you know, it was one of those conversations like. Do we value each other still? I mean, we're still we're around each other, but do I value what you want out of life? Do we talk about that regularly? Because mm. even though we're still in the house, it's easy for me to get wrapped up in. How am I getting my family ahead? We should, we, I want to be retired in five years. I don't want her to have to worry about all of those things. And the reality is she just wants to be part of the conversation and not have me shoulder all of that burden without communicating what we want our life to look like versus what I was pushing for our life to look like. That's, uh, you know, just to hop in there, that's actually very poignant what, what you're saying because that's something that i truthfully struggle with like just trying to almost like men have a way of sometimes trying to validate our existence and throughout the history of the world we've been told we got to do things bring things to the table man don't work he don't need got to provide for his family and all of this stuff and sometimes that that you know it translates into just work 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 and like you know, D. Johns was saying, it's like, yeah, I'm gone, but if I'm not gone, then we can't do this. And you want to go on trips, so I have to right. do this. And that's the conversation that, you know, being frank that I had. And now hearing you talk, man, that's something that I I, I, I know I need to reevaluate, re but it's difficult to do in the moment. You know, it's hard to see the trees for the forest of just grinding it out, because if I put in this yep. one year of hard work and you know, yes, you may feel neglected. Then for five years from now, we'll be sitting on a beach every day. You know what I'm saying? Like these these visions of grandeur right. that you have to try to work to get through. But uh, my wife's love language is is quality time. It, and you know, to me, we've had the conversation even that, you know, it's like, but I'm here and I'm available, you know, and she'll say, well, but you're not present. Mm -hmm. And that's a slap to my male ego. Like, what you mean I'm not present? Right. Like I, I answer questions. You know what I'm saying? I stopped my work to give to give my son a bath. What are you talking about? And I had to kind of reevaluate. And I'll be honest, I'm still reevaluating exactly what that looks like to where maybe I can take a pause in something to say that I've uh, maybe overcommitted. And what I've learned, Dijon, what, what kind of sparked, you know, when you said something is that she don't necessarily, because I was taking it like, all right, you got the takeover spirit. So if I bring it to you, you're going to try to give me all the ideas that I truthfully don't want to hear. You know what I'm saying? I already have it mapped out of my head. You're going to mess me up. But <laughs> in reality, she just wants to be a part of the conversation because, again, that's yeah. also quality time, that she's a part of my life and that we're doing this together, even if it's just the simplest form of her, me leaning on her strengths of organization, something like that, man. So that was that's you kind of ministered to me there when you were talking like that. Um, something that I can kind of implement into my own life. Hey, yeah, bro, I just figured it out at, at 42. So I'm still 42. <laughs> he said he just figured it out. And right, part of what right. you just said, too, with the quality time, you know, 
So people think a quality time, oh, I'm here, we're in the same room, but it's really intentional time, like time where you're paying focused attention to that other person. That's the real quality time. It's not just we're in the same space and we exist. So being, you know, a little intentional with it um, can can help out. And you can start with some small things. Just start with some small things where it's intentional time, you know, that you're putting forward and practice it because it takes practice because I had to take a lot of practice because I, um, my love language is quality time, but my husband's is words of affirmation. And I'm a, I'm a person who is like straight to the point. And I'm also a person who I'm organized and focused. And so like words of affirmation, I have to, I have to think about that. Like I have to be intentional about it because my thing is up, do, 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 got to do, 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 got to do, do, do. And so words of affirmation is not on my mind. So I had to get really intentional with that and remind myself to have words of affirmation and really acknowledge what he's doing. You know what I mean? So it took me a minute, but it it takes practice, (laughs) especially if that's not your natural thought pattern, your natural behavior pattern. You have to literally practice it so it starts to become second nature. Okay, we're coming over to you, Rod. We're coming over to you. I was going to say... I think that I think that's something that that you know the, the the mommies and daddies and moms and fathers can all kind of take into account is that you know the love languages thing is is like for me my my love languages my wife's love languages are completely different and so I, like you said I have to be very intentional about making sure that I'm I'm hitting those things because if I just leave it up to like she told me okay I want to spend more quality time I'm like all right cool I got it like after that if i don't if i don't put it in my calendar right like if i don't schedule it in it's gonna get lost right and so i think one of the things that i've done and that i do now is that i prioritize it um like Mm. dijon say he has the friday the fridays like i have time on my calendar like on my schedule every day that i make sure that i and i have time like other than now my daughters have like crushed my time with with softball but but i typically have my schedule set up where like you know my daughters get home from six to seven we're just going to spend time together right like it it doesn't matter what it is we're just going to spend some time together um and then later that night you know i have on my schedule again um make sure let me I, i could look at it right now and tell you what it is for tonight but uh but last night was make sure to talk to my wife's name is Arielle. Make sure to talk to Arielle about uh, a work thing that she was she was trying to tell me about earlier. We couldn't finish the conversation, and just going back to that when we had that conversation, she was like, "Oh, you're so thought like," and I felt like I was cheating, like because I had <laughs> I had cheat like I had the, the note for it already. You know what I mean? But but it, it meant a lot to her that I I remembered to go back and have that conversation. And for me, like I wouldn't if I had started to tell her something earlier today and we didn't finish talking about it. Like. I, I don't even know what I was talking about earlier. Whatever, like it don't matter. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I would have just yeah. let it go. But for her, it means a lot. You know what I mean? Because I, I was, I was intent. I was, was it? Uh, I was paying attention. I was intent about having that conversation, um, and I was present in that earlier conversation enough to know that the conversation wasn't finished, mm-hmm. right? Like I wasn't just listening to her talking about, um, you know, what happened at work. So. 
Um, I think that's that's a lesson for everybody. It's like, you know, if you do or if you haven't done the love languages thing, done taking the quiz, it's, it's pretty quick, simple. Um, and then when you know what you're, you know, if you and your significant other's love languages don't line up, like you don't have the same one, mm. understand that you're not thinking the same way that they're thinking. And so you may have to right. make some some very specific adjustments to make sure that you're you're loving them the way that they need to be loved and not the way that you want to love them. Um, and that that's tough for dudes, right? Because that, that, I mean, like, yo, I love you. What you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what you right, mean? Like, it's like an attack <laughs> on our ego. <laughs> hey, what you talking about? What you mean we don't spend time? Yeah, I've been, I like, look, we been, we watched the whole game together. What you talking about? Right. <laughs> one one other yeah, important so. factor in the love languages deal is you should take it ever so often because mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. priorities changed from 2005 to last year. 2005 mm-hmm. is when we got married and my priorities were way different. They were way more mm-hmm. physical touch and all these other things. And now that I've burdened so much trying to shoulder all of these things and not rely on my wife, my my priority is help me, acts of service, help me, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's like a woman would be wanting from a man, like help, do it. Don't just eat off the dish, do all the dishes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we had to reevaluate it because if she kept talking to me the way that was appropriate in 2005, she think it's all good and think it's a problem with me. I think she doesn't know how to communicate with me. So I, I recommend revisiting it periodically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it actually sense. does because even, even with behaviors, like when you take any of the behavior assessments, you have to re revisit them every time something changes in your life because your priorities change. And I tell people that you're a different person every single day because different things happen as you move through life. And each day you come out a different person because you've learned something, you've had an experience, something has happened. So you have to keep and be cognizant of those things because you can be communicating with someone who communicates with you all the time and they don't know that you've had that experience or that change or you're a different person you know that's like your friends who knew you back when and they see you now and they still see you as that person back then and they still treat you the same way but you have a completely different mindset because you're not that person that they knew back then but they don't know that or they see it but still approach you in that same way and i like um Bijan's like I feel like you flowing me right into the next question every single time. Like <laughs> you just flowing me right through the conversation. So <laughs> the, the next thing that I want to cover, you know, um, while we're here is having the hard conversations. So D John, you brought this up a couple times. Um, when you talked about, you, you know, your wife in the podcast and some of them just being just for you, but having the hard conversations, because I feel like as, sometimes as a mom so me (laughs) i at first wanted to have every single conversation like we got to have every single conversation on everything and then eventually i realized that all the conversations didn't need to be had but there are important conversations right and when you approach men different things are important to you guys than is important to us like we have things that are on this level, you guys have things that's on this level. So when we're talking about having the hard conversations and when your wife approaches you, 
Um, is there anything that you can offer about to the moms, to the moms, not to the fathers, but to the moms on your thought processes and when they approach you to have a conversation? Because a lot of times I'm hearing and women speak that the men's, the men's, <laughs> that the men are avoid, <laughs> avoidant. You know, they avoid the conversations. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what can you offer? And we'll start with Rod at the top and then we'll go to D. Johns and then to Tyrone. We'll just go around. Okay. Um, it, there's there's one one thing that, that, not one thing, there's multiple things, but I think we have to always remember what the point of a conversation is. is to like get one idea, get the idea from one place to another with understanding. And so how you how you present that idea um, determines whether it gets to the other point with understanding, right? And so when you do have those difficult conver conversations, you sometimes have to kind of give it space so you can remove the emotion from it so that just the conversation is being had. I think a lot of, a lot of people, guys or girls, men or women, don't like to hear the negative things about themselves. And so I know for me, when there's one of those conversations that has to happen in something I did, I I don't shy away from it, but I'm not ready to have it right now. You know what I mean? I need to be in the, let me, let me get my, wrap my mind around what happened because I know that I was wrong and I know I'm about to hear some things about me that I maybe don't want to hear right now. Um, and so what I've learned is one, I've got to embrace the fact that I'm wrong sometimes, right? Like I just didn't, I didn't handle business the way that I should. And so I need to hear from her what her perspective is on it. Um, but then for her, and, and as I've, I've told her, it's like, if you want me to understand what it is you need me to do next time, then you have to tell me that, not just tell me what I did wrong. You know, um, you have to kind of, and that, and that's, that you know, that's kind of weird to, to put the burden back on her. Like you have to present, you have to present your case the way I need to hear it. But if you want it to be done, you kind of have to, right? Because if you leave it up to me to try to interpret it, if I got it wrong the first time and now you're yelling at me, I'm probably going to get it wrong again. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to get defensive. I'm not going to hear you maybe the way that I need to. I may shut down. I may stop listening to, to understand. I might start listening to respond. And then, then whatever you're trying to get across to me doesn't work. And the same thing goes for guys, right? Like guys generally don't get, like, we just shy away from emotion in general. We don't talk, or I can speak for my, I'll speak for myself is we don't like to talk, right? Like we'll just let things go or we'll, you know, we just be tough and shoulder it and take it on. Um, we don't complain and we just keep going. Um, but then that stuff builds up into something that's bigger than maybe it should have been. So that's why I said earlier, like the communication part is is huge. You have to you have to kind of swallow your pride and talk about it, but then also talk about it in a way that she can understand, um, you know, and maybe not just an upset or a frustrated way. I like that. Dijon's, what about you? Yeah, I, I would say. Um from personal experience, make sure that we know we're having a conversation, right? My, my <laughs> wife is good to continue a conversation from three weeks ago and she'll pick up from the mm. last word three weeks ago and I might be washing the dishes and she'll just continue to- And another thing. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> what? 
like the dish detergent. Like, what are we, what are we talking about? For real? And she's talking right, about that right. thing because she's been processing it so long, and it, and now it's. I saw you go, and I'm immediately like, I wanted to be a lawyer in real life. So now I'm already like, my, I got the case built. I was just waiting for you to slip up, and now we're now we're right. antagonizing each other, and not really getting to the root of anything. The other thing that I would say that 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 both you know. Uh, the the husband and the wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, both mates have the onus to do is get some reps in, right? When it's easy. So don't not mm. talk about the things that are less difficult just because they're less difficult. Practice. Mm. Like Rod goes in the gym. I'm sure he can put up 415, but he probably doesn't do that as his first set. I don't think so. <laughs> and, I, and I could be wrong, but like there, there's reps that prepared you for that monumental that big lift that big conversation and now you have you have a cadence you have a rapport that can help facilitate a tougher conversation i like that i like what you said about the reps because you hear that in all industries like you got to put in the reps for whatever you need to improve on and conversation is one of those things that you definitely need to practice. <laughs> All right, Tyrone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh especially I think just touching on both things that those reps are important because it, it just it all not only does it give you practice, but it just it opens the corridor that conversation is even a thing that can occur. Right? That mm. we 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 talk about stuff. And so if we talk about anything, then we can talk about everything. You know, and Mm -hmm. but that also comes with the level of grace that, you know, kind of touching back on the love language point is that, you know, even though you may be hurt that I'm not translating love to you in a way that you can receive it fully, no, I'm not doing it on purpose. And so I think if we enter this conversation or these tougher conversations from an idea of trying to gain understanding as opposed to trying to be understood, and a lot of times those, uh, what you what you're actually trying to say is heard a little bit easier um because it, it's um right now like i was i was a coach prior to being a principal and but the 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 skill sets are the same because they're all relationships right even with your kids um having allowing your kids to speak to you in a way that may make you cringe initially but you want them to be able to have those reps and speaking to you you know to where when something does come they can be well dad you know a, B, C, D, and it's not something that is just monumental to them to where they won't do it. Because um, I know for 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 me, going back to those the, my two careers, is that um, one thing that that happens is you you get to to trying to get your point across, your point across, your point across, your point across. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. And I've come to learn that in relationships, man, should is profanity. Like it doesn't matter what should be happening. It's kind of you have to deal with what is happening. Okay. What's happening? What would you like to see happen? Is that feasible? How can we get there? It's I mean, it's obviously not that that cut and dry in one conversation, but um I think there has to be a beginning and the end because a lot of times when when it breaks off into arguments, you are you're arguing about the argument. You know, like why are you speaking to me this way? And there's just no win once once you start to go down that path. Um, 
But also, I think, you know, uh, Rod touched on a good point that, that men are like, we, we shoulder emotion because we shy away from it. But I would venture to say, man, that men are, have this, um, not all men, obviously, but we have this thing where we just don't want to be disappointments. And so if I mm -hmm. come to you and then you don't receive what I'm saying and you kick it back to me, it's like, what am I? Am I that bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I just the worst man in the world? And no, we can't process that wholly because we just we don't ever want to be seen as a disappointment um we don't want to disappoint our wives we don't want to disappoint our families um because we're we're um characterized as the trunks of our family tree and so if we show this level of weakness and it's th th these fallacies then um and there sometimes you know those no one can hurt you more than people you care about you know what I'm saying? Like your wife knows what to say. And it's like, well, you didn't have to say that. Like, you know, what I mean? like that. But to, to stop and to have the emotional intelligence to say, boo, that hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then to have the uh, reciprocity for her to say, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Here's why I said what I said. And then to have, you know, we kind of kind of tables in this back and forth this this uh, emotional intelligence to where now we're having a high level conversation that can reach solutions as opposed to just arguing your point because your feelings are hurt. Um, and I only got practice of that just from dealing with parents for their children. Right. When I when you're a head coach, especially basketball, you got to cut some kids. You know what I'm saying? And some kids going to sit on the bench and that's just a part of it. And when you're a principal, mm -hmm. there's consequences to actions. And when you come in there, my son and my daughter and it's like well hold on you know what do you want to happen that's typically when the conversation comes to a screeching halt you know because we can yell and scream at each other until the you know until the for all day but if we can't get to a point where we say okay what do we want to see happen or can we table this until we can come back and say what do we want to see happen without animosity you know, understand that we're on the same team. We're trying to work this out. We're mm -hmm. trying to get our relationship to a new level, like Rob was saying, with that understanding. Um, and then approach it from a level of trying to seek understanding as opposed to um, to try to simply be understood. I think that that will make those conversations uh, a little bit easier to have. Um, and this understanding that we do think differently. Men, you know, are from, uh, you know, you know the saying, we're from different planets. And so we do, we can view the same, we can go through the same exact thing and just view it completely different. And, you know, I got into a bad habit of being like, but that's not what happened though. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, and it's not it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if what actually happened, if it's perceived a certain way. And so right. um, trying to practice like, well, how do, how do we get there? Like what made you feel that way? I think those kind of, those, just those tweaks in uh, language, those tweaks in just verbiage uh, makes the conversation more palatable. Yeah, you guys all had some great things to say as far as the communication, because I promise you that most of the time we just think that you're ignoring what we're saying. I promise you. Mm -hmm. But you guys made some great points. And I have one more question before we end. And the question came up out of all of the conversation you guys just had. And the question is around ego, the defensiveness. If we come to you with something and you're automatically on the defense, like you said, you don't want to be a disappointment. Um, you don't want to come off wrong. 
but you feel attacked versus feeling like, you know, we're just, we just want to have a conversation. It's that automatic defense. So anybody can um, answer the question, but um, the question is about the defensiveness. Um, How can we approach you to not get the defensiveness or, or a way for the guys to respond than react? Um, I would, I would say fellas, uh, like ego, ego is the enemy, right? Like ego, ego kind of puts you in a position where you can only hear praise because anything else is like hating, right? Somebody's hating on you or she's attacking you. Um, and I would say like, you have to understand at, at, at your core, you're, you're a human being, you're, you're right. Sometimes you're wrong sometimes. And under like, knowing that fact allows you not always in the moment, but it allows you to realize like, okay, she's not attacking me necessarily. She's talking about the situation or the problem. And I think a lot of times we wrap that all around like it's us, right? When, when our, when our wife is frustrated or our girlfriend is frustrated or we're having that tough conversation, we internalize it. Like that conversation is like about us as a person. Not necessarily the infraction or the thing that happened or maybe the thing that needs to change or she would like to change. We just like, she don't like us. <laughs> you got a problem with me. You don't like the way that I do things. Like not realizing that you could do things differently and still be you, right? You can make adjustments and still be you. You can still be the man that you want to be just with a different understanding. And so I, I think ego is is one of those things that's a pitfall for us in relationships and business and life in general, because ego doesn't allow you to grow, right? When you have a, have a, like you have that ego where it's like, I'm, I'm the best and I'm the best that I'm ever going to be. Well, then you, you're, you're, if you're not growing, you're dying kind of thing. So Mm. I think we have to try and it's hard. I struggle with it. Like I I struggle with separating myself from the, from the problem. Um, And and sometimes I have to tell my wife, like, yo, I, I, I need a minute to process this. Like I, that was a lot for me to take in. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need a second. Like, and I'm not, I don't, I'm sorry. I got to stop because I'm not going to be able to respond to you the way that, that I need to. And everything you're going to hear is reaction. I'm probably not going to mean any of it. And I'm probably not going to hear anything you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for her. The first time that I said that is because what you mean? You just, so it's all about you. You just going to stop talking about it because you don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, nah, that's not it. I want to talk about it, but I want us to be able to talk where I can hear what you're saying. Mm. Um, and that's hard. It's hard to do. I, trust me. I struggle with that all the time. Well, it's not like we argue all the time, but every time we have one, it's like, all right, stay out of it for a second. Just keep yourself out of it and just listen, listen to what she's saying. Um, but yeah, the ego is the enemy, man. It is. It makes things a lot tougher than they have to be. Yes, Dijon, you look like you had something to say as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always, always got something to say for a guy that doesn't say a lot. <laughs> um, here, here's the here's the hack. Men are fragile. Our kryptonite is rejection, <laughs> and it's that simple. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't mm-hmm. like it. Ego, as I define it, is the energy given off. It's a persona. It's something we need to throw out there because we want a reaction to validate it. 
And if we don't get a reaction validated, now we go macho. Now we're ready to fight about it, die about it, all this other dumb crap. It's it's we make it a lot harder, right? Now you you y'all have some contributing factors to the challenges as well, but we we make it a lot harder by standing in our way, putting up this front of what we want the world to perceive us as that's not really connected to sometimes who we are or just our our feelings, our emotional state. Mm. I think ego is just the birth child of insecurity. Um, We just haven't dealt with uh, those things that make us feel uncomfortable. And so instead of dealing with the discomfort in the moment, I'm going to just build this cocoon around it. And if you if you touch on that, if you touch on that, and you start knocking on that too hard. Well, then I got to fight back. So it's just a fight or flight response. Um, mm-hmm. And since I can't since I can't run, I'm a fight, you know, but mm-hmm. in, in, in essence, uh, in conversation, if you're fighting, then you are running. It's the same thing. They're synonymous. Um, and so I think that what what has helped me. The few times that I've gotten it right, <laughs> and I probably get it wrong more times than right, and I have to double back. Um, but it's just saying, answer myself: What are you really mad at? Like, what is it that is bothering you right now? Like, is it something she said? Is it how she said it? Is it you know even with, even with my my son? Like, it's like I have to catch myself sometimes because I mean he's a kid, so he's bouncing off the walls, and I tell him to stop, and he doesn't. And I tell him to stop and he does it. And I'm like, okay, am I, am I just annoyed or am, you know, am I really upset because he's doing something really wrong when he's just being a kid? And it's just taking those moments and saying, okay, what am I upset at? What am I upset about? Is it something that, is it worth me being mad at? Is it worth this emotional energy? Is it worth the energy that I'm giving off right now? Is this, is, is my ego getting in the way of progress, um, which is hard to do. But if you do those reps, right, it's like it's like blink um, from the book. Like the more you do it, the faster you can do it. And so those mm-hmm. those that process and speed just picks up um, to where you can almost do it in real time. Um, and it, regardless of what's going on on the other side, if you can try to process what is being said, then you can even go back and say, I hear what you're saying, like Rod said, and I hear what you're saying. It's hard for me to hear it when it's said like this, but I do hear what you're saying. Just give me a second to come back. And if I say what I want to say right now, it ain't going to be good. All right. And just mm-hmm. knowing that, knowing yourself, you can kind of know um, those, those, when those buttons are pushed, you can feel it faster. And so you're not making mindless uh, mistakes, not saying things that don't have any sort of depth or reverence. You're not saying, you're not throwing darts just for the sake of not having darts thrown at you. Um, and so I think that if we can deal with our personal insecurities, which kind of never go away, right? There's just, you never become a fully secure person until, because um, there's always things that people can tap dance on to get a reaction out of you. Um, but it's just a matter of where, where are we going with this conversation, right? Is it, is, am I contributing to the deterioration of our progress by arguing my point? Or is there some way that we can get on the same page, on the same boat? And if not, do I have enough emotional intelligence to say, okay, let's stop this here because we're not going anywhere. And then I still want to hear what you're saying. We can come back to it later, which I'm not great at. You know what I'm saying? I'm not great at this, but this is just something that um, that I've been working on that I think can help in those times.
Yeah. I want to say one thing too before we before you shift gears on us if you were about to. I think we we've all talked about and I think we're just all used to talking to men um about our fathers and, and but I think ego is not just the male thing, right? There are I mean ego women have an ego too. Um, and some of the same things we're saying, like, you know, for guys to do or for fellas to do in these conversations, I think women have to be aware of as well, because I mean, it, there's two people in the conversation, right? There's not one of us that has an ego and the other one doesn't like, we're both kind of doing the same things to each other at times. Um, and you know, as we're talking about, you know, solutions for fellas to take in order or solutions that we've tried and things that we've tried to do. I think it's also important to know that that women also uh, can try to do those things as well, so that we have again, like I said, the, the communication that idea gets from point A to point B, and with some understanding. Because if it's just bouncing back and forth off the two of you, because like you said, throwing darts for the sake of throwing darts, or so you don't get hit by a dart, then then neither one of us get our, get what we want out of that conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, that's equally as important. You know, that's why I brought you guys on because when we're able to understand what's happening on the other side, we can better approach the mm. situation. So I was going to shift gears, but not really because we kind of flew <laughs> a flow right into the next segment. So I usually at this point, as we're ending, I do a tool and a tip, but because we have the fathers in today, I'm not going to do the tool, but we're going to do pet peeve and a tip. So what I'd like you guys to do is I'd like you to give your pet peeve and the solution, not just the pet peeve, but the pet peeve and the solution for the moms out there. So it can be, um, it's entertaining. Like if you be like, if my wife sees this, there's going to be some smoke. Don't be scared. <laughs> pet peeve and a solution and then i want you to give your final tip um to the moms out there let's start with rod we're gonna go in the same order rod d johns tyrone all right all right so my pet peeve is don't think i know <laughs> don't don't assume i know what you're thinking because I don't, you have to tell me, like you have to show me, tell me, like I'm not going to just figure it out. Like we are wired differently. My wife will just at times just assume that I know what she was talking about. <laughs> like, And she may have told me in some previous conversation where I wasn't really paying attention or so many conversations ago, like, like DJ said earlier, it was a conversation from three weeks ago and she brought it today and I'm completely confused, but please tell me what you are talking about. Like, I, I'm not going to figure it out. Um, and I would say solution for that particular problem. I don't know. Cause it still happens, but uh, <laughs> I guess, I guess the solution would be like to, to I don't know, explain it. I, I don't know. Yes, man. You just said the solution. No, tell you don't Dude. assume, you know, tell you. <laughs> man, I'd be trying to figure Oh, that's the like, yo, that's a tough one. Um, and what, what else was I supposed to do? That, that your, one got your, me all your final tip for up. the moms. The final tip for the moms. Final tip for moms. Um, listen, I am, I am, uh, I was 
so I, I have several, I, I have a mom, I have a stepmom, I have, you know, I have all these, in my, I have four sisters who are all mothers. I have a wife who's a mother. Um, you guys are doing amazing work, whether you know it or not, whether it's told to you or not, whether you feel the level of appreciation that you think you deserve or not, you're doing amazing work. So I would say, keep doing what you're doing. The fact that you're listening to a podcast about motherhood to learn more uh, about your relationship to just a testament to the type of mother that you are. So just keep doing the great work. Um, keep working on you because the better you are, the better you can be a mother. All right, Dijon's. Man, Rod walked all over mine. Mine is very, very <laughs> similar. Um, my wife has this thing where she'll have a conversation with her friend loud around me and assume that she's giving me the same information that she's communicating to her friend in that conversation because I'm in the room. I'm not listening. And I don't know if that's the tip or the problem, but I'm not listening. If, if the conversation were with me, your friend wouldn't be on the phone. So don't assume that we're about <laughs> to make a decision based on a conversation you had with your friend that I wasn't listening to. Um, what is my tip? Love God with your whole heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Stop playing. Not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say set healthy boundaries early. We will take a mile for every inch you allow until okay. you put some boundaries in place. All right, Tyrone. Mm. Uh, pet peeve. My, my, I think one of my, I don't have many things that just get to me like that, but I, if you come to me with a question, but you have the answer in your mind already, that's not my favorite thing. Uh, just, <laughs> just, I mean, <laughs> Uh, 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 allow me the space to answer the question. And if it's not what you thought I would answer, then I don't really have a lot to do with that. I mean, that's, that's ask questions that you are ready to hear answers to, I think. And then understand that I think how I think, I experience things how I experience. And then if we want to have a conversation about it, then I'm okay with that. Um, but ask questions, only ask, don't ask leading questions. If there's a conversation you want to have, let's just have it. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the pet peeve. I don't think the solution is just, um, if you really have a question, then have a question and then allow the answer. Um, but if you want to have a conversation, like B. John said earlier, let's make sure we know, okay, we're having a conversation about this now. Right. Uh, cause back to Rod's points, we just don't know. I mean, we're very literal single cell organisms. That is like A is A and B is B. You know, I'm not going to try to figure out right. the in between how we got. Um, and for a tip, I would just say, don't let be be the great mothers that you are and don't let anybody make you feel bad about the things you do with your kids and your husband. Um, everybody has an opinion and that includes grandma sometimes that when no one wants to come in and say what you should be doing. If you want to take a girl's trip, you take that girl's trip as long as you, your husband and your family are okay with it. If you want to, you know, if you need a break, take a break. Because truth be told, sometimes you need a break. 
you know, and I used to be, I used to talk down on people who asked for breaks before I had a kid. Uh, my sister had kids and she's like, I need a break. Like a break from what? You, you you decided to have kids. Ain't no more breaks. And then I had one. And then I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So if you do what you have to do to take care of yourself. Um, and I think we all know that you want to take care of us. We all know that you love us and want to hold us down, but you have to take care of yourself. And so whatever that means, then I'll make sure that that happens. All right. All right. Those were some great tips and ladies take heed of the pet peeves and the solutions. And now as we're leaving out today, we'll start at the top again with Rod. I need you to let everybody know where they can find you out here on these internet streets. On these internet streets, you can find me on Instagram, um, a couple places on Instagram, but uh, me personally on Instagram at you can call me coach the letter you can call me coach. Um, you can find my podcast on Instagram as well at Forfit Fatherhood, the number four, and at www.forfitfatherhood.com. Um, it's probably the best place to reach me. I'm everywhere else, but that's probably the best place to reach me. All right, D. John. Yep. Website is thedearsonpodcast.com, the Dear Son Podcast on IG and Facebook. And on Twitter, it's just Dear Son Podcast. But I really don't be tweeting, so I'm going to do better with that. <laughs> All right, and Tyrell. Uh Instagram is at TJ Boyd is my personal one. Um, and then at The Fatherhood Show is the show page. Um, those are probably my two most active things. Um, we're working on a website, um, on YouTube, uh, The Fatherhood Show on YouTube is on my Void Ventures, my business page. Uh, we're three episodes in. Uh, my last episode, I actually interviewed my father. Um, and so that was that was interesting. Um, so that's, that's we're, we're building that out. And if you wanna, that's like Rod said, that's where I am the most. Uh, if you wanna contact me there, that's where I can be found, at TJ Void at The Fatherhood Show. All right, all right, all right. And they all will be linked down in the description too. So for you peoples that don't like to type it in, and you more click nature, it'll be down there for you to click. So you've been listening to Unapologetically Mommyhood, where today we have been infiltrated by the fathers. And we didn't talk business today, but we talked a lot about mommyhood and how to communicate better with the dads around here. And we've been totally still unapologetic about it, though. We had a really great conversation. So thank you for tuning in today. And make sure you come back next week for another really great conversation inside of the mommyhood. Thank you, guys.